Sometimes our song sections will not sound significantly different from one another to the point that they almost flow together unintentionally in a way where it's a little vague where different song sections start. And sometimes a factor to this can actually be how you wrote the lyrics. Usually I think we think of the musical side of things, as we should, as the music should be changing up, whether it's our arrangement building or breaking down, or whether it's a change in chord progression or some of the instrumentals. And that is all certainly a big part of it, changing up the melody, but also the part that I think we can take for granted is how we can change up the lyrics. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about two simple ways to sort of add lyrical contrast to your song sections. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Vidala, and today we're talking about two simple ways to add lyrical contrast to your song sections in this 142nd episode. If you haven't already and you enjoy this podcast, be sure to jump over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you feel that that's being honest, of course. Uh, don't, you know, don't leave five stars if you feel like it doesn't deserve five stars. If you feel like it doesn't deserve five stars, then uh, shoot me an email instead or something so that you don't tank the, <laughs> please don't tank the rating on iTunes. Uh, but instead, let me know how I can improve so that I can eventually earn five stars from you because uh, I would love to do that. I want to get better. So best way to get better is to be told how I can get better, uh, how I can help you more effectively. So today we're talking about the lyrical side of things. So if you are interested in learning more about lyrics and specifically if you want more of a system in order to write lyrics because sometimes lyrics can be overwhelming or you feel like your lyrical results are not very good, be sure to check out my six-step lyric writing checklist. It goes through the six steps that I go through when writing a song, specifically the lyrics of the song, because I think breaking it down into smaller pieces is a very effective way to get a better result and to make each step of the process a lot easier rather than making it super hard, because it's really hard if you just like sit down and you're like, I'm going to write lyrics now, and you're kind of expecting to write almost the final draft, or you jump into writing lyrics right away without sort of doing some background writing. And so I go through all that sort of stuff in that six-step lyric writing checklist. It has the actual checklist, and it has a breakdown of the specifics of each of the steps uh, so that you can learn what those steps actually mean and are. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check it out, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Today, though, we are talking about two simple ways to add lyrical contrast to your song sections. The first way is rhyme scheme. And while I maintain and will always maintain that I think rhyming, getting in the way of writing what you need to write to advance the song and choosing the right words, that should never happen. Don't let rhyming you like you don't have to a you certainly don't need perfect rhymes right in fact if you have too many perfect rhymes it almost can start to sound cheesy sometimes um but there are other types of rhymes that are less perfect right sometimes they're called like slant rhymes or whatever and it can be easier to add those without sounding too 
corny or whatever. But in general, just as a general rule, never, ever, ever, ever sacrifice the right lyric just for the sake of a rhyme. I've talked about that before. Go back to, I think it was my third episode where I talk about how you don't you don't have to rhyme lyrics. Uh, that's how important it is to me. Uh, in a common error I see a lot of people at the start of their songwriting get into is sort of forcing rhymes and specifically perfect rhymes. Um, and then their lyrics are just eviscerated by it um, because at, they're basically, it, it feels like they're writing to get the rhyme rather than writing what they actually mean. Um, like you can tell that they changed lyrics and just to get the rhyme. And then you sort of, that disengages you and makes you not care. So don't do that. But, um, you know, letting, laying that aside for a second, most songs still are going to rhyme, right? Some version of rhyming, at least. It might not be perfect rhyming. It might be some slant rhyming or whatever. But a lot of times your songs are going to rhyme. So in that case, one of these simple ways that you can add lyrical contrast is simply by, in your song sections, changing up what the rhyme scheme is. Because then it's changing sort of the expectation of what's to come, right? If your verse doesn't rhyme for the first two lines, but then the line three and four rhyme, that starts to set an expectation, right? So let's say your verse is really sort of two verses or one verse split into two, four line parts, right? So you have eight total lines in your verse and it goes rhyme scheme wise, XXAAXXBB. So if you don't know, X, X means this line doesn't rhyme with anything. And then pretty much any other letter uh, generally means like it rhymes with whatever else has this letter, right? So line one and two don't rhyme. Line three and four rhyme with each other. Line uh, five and six don't rhyme again. And then line seven and eight rhyme together. So now there's sort of a pattern in the listener's head that is good to have, right? Because all, all music needs to involve patterns. That's that's how we attach to something, right? That's why we have choruses, for example. If there's not a part that you can go back to and rely on, it feels like it's just meandering into nowhere, right? It's, it's, it's like a, a movie or a book. If there was no structure and it was just sort of like did stuff and there was no like rhyme or reason to anything and it just sort of wandered off and there wasn't like... For example, the first conflict where you sort of are introducing the conflict of the book or the movie. And then there's a second conflict where usually the hero gets the, their butt kicked in one way or another by the villain. And then the third one is where they finally emerge triumphant, right? There, there's sort of that chorus structure there, right? And that something keeps coming back. It's this idea of Batman versus the Joker the first time. They kind of meet and know that each other exists or whatever. The second time the Joker kicks Batman's butt in some way, you know, say in the dark Knight, you know, you could say that that's when he effectively kills Batman's not at the time girlfriend, but person that he still loves. Right. Um, really in that movie, Joker from a certain point of view wins in general, but, but, and then, you know, the third one is when they actually physically, Fight, or you know, you, you could break it down in different ways. They have a lot of conflict in that movie, but the idea is that th that's sort of how you know the Joker is the main villain and Batman's the main hero is they keep coming back and there's conflict, right? 
if he just fought the Joker once and only met the Joker once at the end of the movie, is it really like that? There's no, there's no pattern to this. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So anyway, I digress greatly. (laughs) Point is, right? Repetition is very important in music. And that comes in all ways, shapes and forms, whether that's you know, going back to Darth Vader's theme or the Emperor's theme in a Star Wars soundtrack when when you see them and then that cue plays, right, that motif plays, or whether that's your chorus coming back or whether that's a rhyme scheme that you learn to rely on for a certain song section. But like everything else, if you repeat too much, it becomes boring, right? A chorus needs to come back and repeat for it to be a chorus, and usually it's the most memorable, exciting part of a song, so you want it to come back. But if you just did the chorus for two minutes straight, people would be bored to tears, even though the same chorus is very effective and very good when it's played three times throughout a four-minute song or four times throughout a four-minute song or something like that. So in the same way, a rhyme scheme used the right amount sort of gives you this feeling of, of you know, rhyme and reason, right? Like there's a structure here. There's some there's something happening here that's that's intentional. There's... There's, it's artistic, right? There's, there's something that we can at least rely on. It's not just somebody randomly writing words, right? Like there, there is a pattern here. There's something for us to follow. There's something for us to expect. But if the rhyme scheme for the entire song stays the same, Now it might start to become sort of eye-roll worthy in the same way that doing a chorus for two minutes straight becomes eye-roll worthy and you become sick of it and what was once a good thing is now not a good thing. Sort of like, you know, everybody likes the big fight scene at the end of a movie, but would you really want a whole movie to be just one fight scene? No, of course you wouldn't. That would be the worst. You need to have build-up. You need to have, you know, plot threads that come together so that the final fight actually means something. If the final fight doesn't actually mean something, then who cares about how grandiose and epic it is? Right, Transformers? <laughs> um, only somewhat joking. But um, a rhyme scheme is not that different. We now, little tangent here. Like everything else, this isn't a hard, fast rule, right? Nothing creatively is. Or almost nothing. Probably literally nothing. Of course it can work to have the same rhyme scheme throughout the song. I've done songs like that. Tons of successful songs are like that. Tons of songs that I like are like that. Tons of songs that you like, I'm sure, are like that. What we're going for here, though, is subtle different ways that you might not have thought of that can really make it so that your songs have more contrast. For example, or just just for two sort of mini examples here of 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 this caveat. Sometimes it might be intentional that your verse, pre-chorus and chorus, if you have a pre-chorus, sort of flow into each other and they're not significantly different. You can do that on purpose for a certain creative reason, right? So you might not want huge contrast. And then also on the other side, you can create huge contrast musically by the arrangement, by the chord progression, by the melody, by the the vocal range of the melody, right? If you go up two octaves to sing the chorus or something, like that all can create more than enough contrast that nobody would even notice the rhyming thing. But 
if you are in a position where you think to yourself, hmm, there's just something needs to change up here, what can I do? Or if you're wanting to sort of get ahead of it and you don't have to sing the chorus up the octave or anything like that, if you want to find a way to sort of subtly, from a lyrical standpoint, really change it up and keep it interesting, um, this this is an effective way to go. So I'm not saying go edit all your songs and make sure that it follows the two rules we're covering. Don't do that unless maybe you felt there was something not quite right, then go ahead and do that. But don't feel the need to do that. This is just a tip to try for future reference. So you might want to change up the rhyme scheme. You had basically XXAA for the verse. Maybe in the pre-chorus, you want to go XAXA, right? Where now, instead of rhyming lines two and three together, or sorry, three and four together, instead now you're rhyming two with four. Because now, the expectation that the the user has started, or the user, <laughs> wow, the listener, the user, it's like I'm talking about software here, the, the, the listener, I almost said it again, did you catch that? Uh, the listener eventually might be lulled to sleep by like, yes, I get it. There's a line, then there's another line, and then two lines rhyme. What can pull them out of that and recapture their attention, even if it's really subtle, or can really help to change it up just to keep it a little more interesting, is when they're still expecting that, right? They've had it twice in a row. Verse 1 and verse 2, both did XXAA and then XXBB. And then they hear X again, right? So they hear a line. They're like, oh, that's not going to rhyme. And then they hear a line and they think this isn't going to rhyme either. And then they hear another rhyme, another line, and they think, oh, the next line is going to rhyme with this one, right? Because before line three and four rhymed. So when I hear line three, I'm now expecting it to rhyme with four. And then it comes to line four and they're like, wait a second, that rhymed with line two. Now, most of the time, like a lot of things with music, your average listener is not going to notice this. That doesn't mean, though, that it's not important or that it's not something that increases their enjoyment of the song. Because with anything creatively, things affect your results and things will affect, you know, why something might be popular or why something might be good because those are not the same thing that people don't notice, right? For people to notice how great of a filmmaker Christopher Nolan is, they don't necessarily need to be able to identify what it is that makes him special, right? They can, they can just know it and experience it without knowing what it is he does to achieve that. So songwriting is no different. So never be a person that's, that's lulled too far into something doesn't matter just because people don't notice. And I know you may be saying if you've been a listener that Joseph... You've said that about chord progressions. Yes, sort of. I have admittedly said before, and I stand by it, that when it comes to chord progression versus melody versus lyrics, chord progression, you know, people hum the melody, people sing the lyrics. Most people don't pay attention or care about the chord progression. I stand by that. That is true. But as I have also said before, that doesn't mean the chord progression is not important. It just means that maybe you shouldn't start with that because it is the least important of those 
three, because the other things are not only implicitly important and important whether somebody notices them or not, but they're the, also like everybody notices those things, right? Like who who doesn't? I mean, some people don't listen for lyrics. That's true. But but when it comes to melody, right, everybody hums the melody. Most people sing the lyrics, uh, whether they know what it means or think about it more deeply or not is a totally different discussion. Anyway, all to say, a great way for you to change it up, to add a little intrigue just from a lyrical perspective, right? We're not talking about melodies. We're not talking about anything else. Change up the rhyme scheme between song sections. And keep in mind, too, I'm not saying that every song section needs to have a different one. But from one song section to the next, thinking of changing it up might be a good thing, right? So maybe you want to do XXAA in the verse, and then the pre-chorus goes XAXA, changes it up. People's expectations are broken. They're, they're re-like, oh, okay, okay. And then when the chorus comes back, it goes back to XXAA. Because now the pattern's been broken a little bit, and now it's not eye-roll-worthy, right? It's, it's the same idea as a chorus coming back. Something coming back is fine. What you can't have is it just being relentless and being constant, and it's just the same over and over again. Uh, which I say also with a caveat of, of course, there are always exceptions to that as well. So change up the rhyme scheme between song sections. Again, doesn't need to be different for every song section. Just know that when you go from one song section to the next, a nice thing that you can do to sort of change it up lyrically um, and really make it feel different from a lyrical standpoint is changing up the rhyme scheme. Second thing. The second thing you can change up is how many lines. So most everything in songs are going to be Either two lines, four lines, or six lines. You could argue eight lines as well, although usually in the case of eight lines, it's just two sets of four lines. So for example, with a rhyme scheme over eight lines, probably the rhyme scheme is not inherent to the eight lines. It probably can be broken down into the four lines, like what I said before, right? Where it's XXAA, XXBB. It's pretty rare, uh, if existent at all, for there to be like one eight song eight line section and then like lines three four and five all rhyme right like that's not usually how it goes so realistically you tend to have groupings of two four and six lines because usually they're also going to be even not odd so a great way that you can just change it up between sections lyrically is the same rule as before Try, when you go from one song section to the other, one of the things to think to change is if your verses are four lines long, like in our previous example, right? We had two verses of XXAA, although I identified it as BB just to make it clear that the two lines at the end of verse two, if you want to see it that way, or the second half of verse one, don't rhyme with the AA from the first section. But it had that, right? So it's in groups of four. So the pre-chorus, you could try doing in a grouping of two. You could just have a sort of half of a section, at least half of a section as it has been um, 
established by the verse, right? So the verse sort of establishes this four-line meter, if you will, this four-line expectation. And then the pre-chorus cuts that in half, which can really help it to feel like it jumps into the chorus, right? Because it's shorter. It's, you know, there's a new song section, there's a new interesting thing, and then boom, right into the chorus. This is very common. Two-line two pre-choruses are probably actually the most common pre-chorus because you really want to jump into the chorus. Uh, but also six lines. Now, I gen generally speaking, I it, maybe try it because I think it would be different. But a pre-chorus that's six lines seems a little belabored and long. Um, but, you know, maybe in your chorus then you have a six-line chorus. Another subtle way to change this up, or you can go back to the four lines, because as we talked about with the rhyming, same concept. You know, once you break from the four, then you can think about going back to it even right away, because now it's not just lulling people to sleep with the same over and over and over again. So you can change it up. So as you're writing your songs, and as you're writing your next song, just sort of take some time to think through these things. Right, once you write that verse, or let's let's say you write the chorus first. I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times the chorus is sort of the first thing I write. If not, it's almost always the first verse, but those are usually the first two things that get written. Uh, but let's assume we start with a chorus. And you have a chorus, and it's six lines long. Something you can do to sort of get some separation between your how your chorus sounds lyrically and your verses is A, decide, okay, what is my rhyme scheme here if I have one? Let's try a different one, right? So as far as different ones go, uh, let's just read some rhyme schemes. So for, for two, for a two-liner, right, you can either have two lines that don't rhyme or two lines that do. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? For a four-line, Often you're going to fit into one of these two patterns, either XA, XA, right, where lines two and four rhyme, or AB, AB, right, where one rhymes with three and two rhymes with four, or AABB, where one and two rhyme and three and four rhyme. Then for six lines, very common is XXA, XXA, right? Where, again, if you sort of cut the section in half, you'll see a common thread here, right? Where you cut the section in half, the last line of each of those halves are what rhyme. So XXA, XXA, the last line, and then that line right before the middle rhyme. Or AAB, CCB is another common one, where the first two lines rhyme, and then that third line, again, rhymes with the final line. Uh, and then there's another pair of two lines that rhyme at the beginning of the second half of the section. So A, A, B, C, C, B. And then sometimes there's A, B, C, A, B, C is another common rhyme scheme. So when you're moving to the next section, think of how you can change that up, right? So from, from what I read, let's say you have a chorus we set a chorus with six lines, I believe. So let's say you have a chorus that goes XXA, XXA. Maybe in your verses, commit to, uh, let's do four line verses. And let's do ABAB. Because that feels pretty different from the XXA, XXA. Whereas the XAXA would still be different, 
But uh, maybe it's changing up even more if we go ABAB or maybe go AABB, right? So plan to go in that direction. And then maybe in the pre-chorus say, all right, let's do two lines and let's just not rhyme at all. And then maybe in the bridge you go back to the four line thing, but this time you do AABB because we'll say in the verses we did ABAB. So these are two very, very simple, but can be fairly profound ways of adding some lyrical contrast to your song sections. So if you found yourself always having sections that are four lines long and you find the same rhyme scheme throughout the song and sometimes you come to the end of the song and you look at your lyrics and you're like, ah, something just seems meh. Or you just want to find a new way to change it up, which is something we as creatives should always be trying to find, right? A new way to sort of break out of our comfort zone a little bit, a new way to sort of mix things up, to reinvigorate our creativity. So regardless of your situation, I would recommend trying those two things when writing your next song. Again, if if your song is fine, even though it you know has the same rhyme scheme throughout and everything's four bars, I have songs like that, maybe even a majority of them, for all I know. Um, this is not a rule. This is an idea. Okay, this is an idea to change things up. It does not have to be done, but it's a good way to add some lyrical contrast between sections. So try it. I'm going to try it. Because um, this is honestly something that I just learned. Um, and, and I've sort of done these things implicitly before. Uh, specifically with pre-choruses. Uh, when I do them, I, I also lean towards sort of the, the two-liner. And I tend to, I feel like I gravitate a little bit towards the six-line chorus type structure generally and i think i lean towards four when it comes to the verses um i'd have to look to really confirm that but uh this is something that uh i was reading about and i thought oh all right i'm gonna try that and obviously i had to share with you as well because i just like you am still constantly learning i have to keep learning right i have to keep learning to keep uh teaching right so Hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to leave a iTunes review, five stars, preferably if you feel like you can. Again, be sure to check out my six-step lyric writing checklist. It's going to be a good component to this. Uh, really, that's sort of foundational to, to lyric writing as far as how I think through it. So um, it's a great companion guide if you're going to be a listener of this podcast or you watch on the YouTube channel um, because... A lot of times the, the the free guides I have are are a fundamental stuff and B it's going to be stuff that uh, a lot of my other teachings are are not necessarily directly off of you know most stuff is not directly off of it but there is a lot of stuff in that that I cover that you know sometimes I just go off of that for example I might mention iterative lyric writing or iterative lyric editing because I kind of call them both. Um, which is something that I came up with that is in those steps, which by the way, if you do grab that guide, in my opinion, at least for me personally, that was the most revolutionary uh, and most helpful part of getting my lyrics to really shine was that iterative lyric editing section, which I believe is five of six. Um, if not, it's four, but I think it's five. Um, B 
be sure to check that one out. If you, if you only have time to read one of the sections for now and what it's all about, check that one out. I think it's the most helpful, certainly has been the most helpful for me. Uh, and shoot me an email. Let me know if uh, which which step for you is the most useful. I certainly think some of the song seed gathering uh, type stuff at the beginning also is very helpful and different. But be sure to let me know. Go check out that guide if you haven't gotten it already. It says songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I've seen some of the reviews come through recently, and I really, really appreciate all of you who do take the five minutes or so that it takes to go to iTunes and leave a kind review. I appreciate all of you who have done that. Thank you to all of you who reach out to me via email as well. I know I have a couple emails in my inbox that I saw over vacation um, that I haven't gotten a chance to respond to yet, but I will be working on that. So I will be sending out responses to that. If you are one of those people and you're like, hey, what the heck? Uh, I'll be responding here shortly. Thank you again for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.